If you're like us, you understand that real estate can be a huge asset for yourself. But do you ever wonder why real estate companies haven't changed in over decades? And why real estate companies haven't let agents be partners with them, but instead there's always somebody at the top making all the money? Or why some real estate companies thought that they were helping by offering flat fees or lowering splits, but while doing this, taking away all the value, leaving you on an island by yourself? These are some of the questions you should be thinking about. This podcast will show you how real estate agents like us have now created a model that would change the way real estate is done and how we different from the old set in their way real estate companies. We want to give you more time, freedom, and the life you truly deserve. So here are some new ideas and ways to have a great business while still having a life that you deserve. I'm Luke Beard, and this is my partner, Chad Dinky of The Great Way. Chad, how are we doing, bud? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. So today I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about a, you know, a lot of different things. Uh, I want to talk about the job market again. I know we've kind of went over that a few times, but I think that's important that we continue to relay the information to our to our fans and to the people that listen to us every day. Just because it's a good good resource uh, for some information and. Uh, I want to talk about the job market and then I want to talk about forbearance again and kind of give people updated stats on, on where that all sits. And um, so they understand kind of what the market's doing or what it could be doing. And, uh, you know, right now we both know the market's strong. It's, uh, I mean, at least in Colorado, you know, our market's really strong right now. What about you guys in Arizona? How's your market down there? I mean, it, it's definitely taken a, a, a notch up uh, since COVID. I mean, for COVID, it slowed down just a little bit there. So I tried to get clients in while it was going on. And you had just that, you know, the little bit of a hiccup there, but it was still good, you know. But now it's just, it's you know, it's, it's just, it's out of control. I mean, yeah, it's just on fire. So yeah, it's kind of how Colorado has managed multiple offers. People are, you know, no inventory, <laughs> you know, right now it's a, it's a lowest interest rates like ever. I mean, we're like, in, you know, for right. your fix, we're in the twos right now, dude. I mean, that's like, a, that's like getting free money, which is, yeah, incredible. it's just, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't get any cheaper than that. Right. It is. That's it. It almost is free money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, why even pay cash if you got it? Right. Absolutely. Money is so cheap. But I wanted to get kind of get into this job market a little bit. And um, initial claims for unemployment insurance remain stuck around about a, a million five uh, people per week um, for the third uh, th for the third week in a row. Uh, the decline in claim, uh, claims, you know, unemployment claims has been uh, has been starting to get a little bit slower, maybe. But the pace, the pace of the initial claims improvement by week has slowed from about 800,000 per week smaller in April to about 400,000 per week in May, and now only uh, a drop of about 100,000 per week in June. So um, it, it's getting slower, but it's not even anywhere where we need to be. Um, you know, this is much too gradual as, as claims remain twice as bad as the worst week in 2009, which is really important to, to understand you guys, because when we have that much job loss um, and unemployment, it's, it means uh, the market has to change because uh, there's, there's no jobs and no unemployment, you know? 
Um, right now, there's uh, about 30 million Americans currently applying for some kind of government unemployment assistance. Uh, 30 million Americans, you guys, can you believe this? 30 million American people are on some sort of government unemployment assistance, which, you know, we have the CARES Act, which gave everybody an additional $600 a week on top of what they were getting, but that I, that's supposed to be ending in July. So uh, as of the end of July, people won't be getting that $600. So even if they got the max, I think the max is $634 a week. A lot of people can't survive on $634 a week. You know, a, a lot of us, that's what we do make. And, and, and so we're, we'll be okay. But a lot of us, if we make more than that and, and we're on the unemployment because we've lost our jobs and I'm going to kind of go into some different types of, of jobs. Let me just kind of give you an update now, like the trend for in-person services, like retail, leisure, hospitality, barbers, um, you know, massage therapies, things like that is what we expected, but a huge surge in layoffs um, as those establishments shut down quickly once the COVID hit, right? And a lot of them are continuing to shut down followed by, you know, and then we had the, we, we followed up with the, uh, the the PPP loans that the government gave us. And, and so a lot of that kind of started reback opening or, or they kept their employees, which helped a little bit. But, um, you know, job losses like office spaces or finances or business information and education and healthcare industries have also improved over time um, in, in, in some terms because of the PPP. But as percentage of job losses, they've actually increased over the last few months. Um, but those sectors remain, uh, you, you know, slow to a point of threatening to overtake the in-person services, right? So to a, a lot of that, you know, nearly one in every 100 office education healthcare workers are, are, are being let go every single week. Um, and, and this is, you know, the gross, not the net, figure out, um, but, but, but a lot of hiring would be needed to offset this, which we doubt this is happening right now because a lot of people, aren't hiring right now because they don't know what the economy is doing. You know, I went to, finally went to a, a restaurant last night because they're starting to open and they, you know, they told us, hey, you're, you know, you're limited to an hour uh, in the restaurant to eat, but it took them over an hour to service our food. So I asked them, hey, you're not going to kick wow. us out before our food gets here, are you? And they're like, oh, no, 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 we just have to do that because we have less tables. Well, what that means is less tables they don't understand how many people are gonna be coming in because a lot of people are still you know, staying at home and they're not going out and they're not shopping and they're not buying things, they're staying home. So a lot of these restaurants, they don't know who to hire. So there was one, one lady that was the, the, the staff working the, uh, the tables and, and she was completely full. So they're not staffing as much and they don't know what to do because if they staff too heavily, then, uh, then they'll leave and lose more money because they've been closed for so long. And so that's what's, kind of interesting about the job right job market right now you guys is it might seem strong people are starting to go back to work but so many jobs were lost and we're not picking up those jobs there's still you know when i say 30 million americans on unemployment so um you know until we're really not under the threat of this infection or the covid 19 or the coronavirus or whatever you would call it it the, the, the uncertainty just spreads, you know, all these different sectors and um, it's keeping people from, uh, from keeping people on payroll. And, and until we figure that out, 
um, it, it's, it's not going to be good. And here, let me read you this real quick. This is from an article I got. Um, this data series has been some wild swing lately, um, and that trend certainly continue. Remember, our, um, of April's uh, in unemployment jumped 11% um, in incomes, which was driven by analyzing the one-time stimulus check that we went out during the month, right? So when everybody got the stimulus check, people went out or started spending and they, and they, they, were, they were comfortable with some money. Well, the 1200 bucks that everybody got or whatever they got was, uh, was, wasn't enough to even cover really anything, right? So right. Uh, back to this article, as, as those rolled off in May, personal income dropped by 4%. Now imagine if your income drops by 4% and you don't ever get that back. Well, what happens if you're already living check to check anyways, and now you've got an income drop of 4%, where does that put you? That puts you in uh, below poverty because now you can't afford your bills. And so what do you do? Do you let your car go? Do you not eat? Do you let your house go? You, you know, those things. And a lot of people aren't thinking about that. They're thinking, oh yeah, the market's strong. Like, just like Chad said, hey, Arizona's strong. Colorado's strong. I know a lot of my other agents in other states, they're doing very well right now. But the thing is, is when your income drops by 4% and you're only living check by check, that can only last so long, right? So back to this article, as with last month, we find it useful to break out the components of income to see what's going on under the surface. As you see below wages and salaries uh, actually rose 3%, a bounce back from 11% drop in February, March. So some of the salaries are kind of increasing, but remember they've dropped 11% and now they're there's there there they rose three percent. You're still down seven percent, which, which put, puts people in a, a, a really bad thing, you know. And I talked about the extra six hundred dollars per week, and so not a lot of people have been worried right now, because they've been getting twelve hundred dollars a week. Well, a lot of us don't make twelve hundred dollars a week, so if we're making twelve hundred dollars a week, yeah, of course everything's fine and dandy. But if that stops in July, and you, you know they have the if you're self-employed like us. Um, or you you do labor, you don't really uh, have an employee, you're self-employed, you know, you could, uh, you could apply for unemployment and it lasts through 2020, which is great. But unless, uh, uh, you know, if the additional $600 go away, self-employed people are going to be hurting just like employed people. And, and there's a lot of business owners out there that own commercial space or that lease commercial space. What happens, what do you think is going to happen with those office space and those restaurant space? when they're going out of business. A lot of these big retailers are going out of business. I've been driving around uh, all the time, you know, doing doing real estate stuff. And every time I go to a new shopping center, there's another sign that says business going out of business. And these, these, these are not only mom and pop shops, but these are large companies that just can no longer keep their doors open. You know, I, are you kind of seeing the same thing out in Arizona where you're just driving around and just stores are just closing down? Yeah, um, on my side of town, the uh, there's most it's a it's a newer community, like it's newer newer um, you know businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have a lot of older mom and pop type stuff, so you still see a lot of the chains and things like that. So I haven't uh, I haven't probably seen it maybe quite like you, but I do notice. I mean, I, I just know it's coming, right? I know a lot of the, I know a lot of these places were, no, matter of fact, I went and ate, uh, had coffee at this place that had opened. There's a, so it's a mom and pop uh, coffee place called Colados and they have one over by me that is packed, right? All the time. Well, I went to one of their new locations 
which is like the big mama, the big shop, right? They, they rented a huge space in a brand new area over in good, what's called Goodyear by us. And I met another agent there to talk, uh, you know, with them about, uh, you know, working with us and stuff. And that place was a morgue and that place was huge compared to their other one here. Like, you know, they went, they went for the, they went for the big bucks, right? They went, they went, they went all in on this one at this new location. Well, it's brand new and then COVID happened and then there's nobody in there. And so they didn't say closed on the sign yet, but I mean, I've been running my own businesses long enough and I watch and I see car dealers all the time. Like I could tell when car dealers are going out of business and I just know they ain't going to last. And I tell you what, and you don't have to be that smart to look around. And when you see a building that's that big and nobody's in it, the writing's on the wall. That's what we call, in my world, called a clue, right? And so you don't have to really know, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that, hey, the, the shop's going to close before long because you just can't even sustain. Um, and if you're lucky, they're happy to break even. I, bet, I guarantee they're probably happy to break even for the next year if they could just break even and pay rent a month. Right, right. And that's the thing is like, you know, even June and July, you know, July's not here. June looks to be the job market ain't as good as everybody predicted it to be. You know, they thought maybe after the COVID was kind of slowed down, the job market would absolutely take off, but it hasn't. And, and you know, even some of the bigger states that are kind of reopening and, and starting to get back to work and stuff, they're not seeing the job increases, you know, because what's happening, just like we said, is a lot of these mom and pop shops can't open. I know a lot of, a lot of business owners that they just can't open. They don't have the funds to do it. And then I see a lot of big companies just going out of business. Look at AMC, you know, they're yeah. trying to reopen their doors, but how are they going to do that? Even if they keep people six feet apart. Now, now good thing. Most of the, the theaters now have assigned seats, right? So you buy your ticket, you have an assigned seat and you go in and you have an assigned seat. But, and so that, that might be a saving grace for them. But if you got to have everybody six feet apart, right? Yeah. So, and then what, after every movie, they're going to have to go in and wipe the chairs down. I mean, it's going to be, just think of the cost of a movie is already like, you know, 18, $20 to go see a movie. Well, now if they got to clean every single seat before every single show and keep people six feet apart a movie's going to cost you 40 bucks and and nobody's going to pay the 40 bucks to go see a movie so therefore you're going to have a lot of businesses like that i i, I just don't know what they're going to do and so i and i know this is a real estate show but i really think it's important that people really understand the true effect and if we don't start seeing jobs to start pick back up and things moving again no matter how good the real estate market is now or not, things are going to change because yeah. people are going to be out of jobs. People aren't going to be opening jobs. You're going to have tons of commercial space, spaces that's that's yeah. vacant. You know, I'm already seeing that with some office space. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of REITs out there, real estate uh, investment trusts, they own a lot of these commercial spaces and a, and a lot of them do like even single family homes now. Well, what happens when... Uh, when they're not filling them because the rents are too high. Well, rents is, you know, rents are going to have to come down mm -hmm. because of jobs, right? So right now it's still rock solid. Things are fantastic, which I'm happy about, but I, I do think it's going to start changing as the job market starts to tighten it up, you know, and I, and I kind of want to 
this kind of leeways me into some some forbearance stuff, Chad. And we've talked about this several times. Uh, people filing forbearance and is a good thing, is it not a good thing? Well, let me kind of give you an update where that stands too, because that's a huge thing because these services are still having to pay the mortgages because you don't because people forbearance on their mortgage and didn't pay them doesn't mean the money just vanishes. They, they still have to pay the investors, so they're still paying. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that because today's loan forbearance number means. Um, you know, let, let me go into this first. 8.8% of all active mortgages loans are in some sort of forbearance right now. 8.8%, you guys, that is that is a massive amount of numbers uh, when you're talking of you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 million, million people that own mortgages, you're talking about 8.8% of all act, active loans are in some sort of fair forbearance, right? And this is up 8.7% of loans that were in active forbearance as, as, as of last week. So it's, it's actually going up, you know, forbearance peaked um, the week of about May 22nd before falling about, um, and then they kind of started falling, falling down. But, you know, after the past five days revert um more than half of the declines experienced over the previous week right so it's kind of uh, it's kind of declining a, a little bit but it's seventy nine thousand additional loans were went into forbearance just this week seventy nine thousand additional loans bringing the total of number of forbearance to 4.68 million people in forbearance right now i mean that, that, the, the numbers are huge I mean, imagine even if you have 10% fallout there that can't keep their homes, that's, you know, that's almost 500,000 people that are going to lose their property. They don't get their jobs, right? So mm. it's, it's pretty wild. Let me just read you a stat real quick, Chad, too. I want to kind of read you this. Today's loan forbearance norming services will have to pay $3.5 billion with a B per month on behalf of the GSE-backed loan holders, right? So they got to pay their investment, plus an additional $1.4 billion in taxes and insurance on behalf of these loans. The good thing is the, F, the FHFA has mandated that servicers will not have to pay more than four months of principal interest payments to the GSE-backed loans in the COVID-related forbearance. So if people apply for forbearance, and it's part of this COVID-19, which you know, they're just going to say everything's part of the COVID-19, kind of like some of the, I mean, you go get in a car accident and they'll say you died from COVID. I see. Yeah. Everything's kind of part of this COVID-19, but they'll just, they'll just do that. But these servicers are still paying these, you know, that's $4.9 billion in payments that they've had to make and they haven't had any money come in. What does that mean? Where are they going to get the cash to do that? You know, the services are going to go belly up, which then, I mean, creates thousands and thousands of jobs that, that people won't have. Um, so, so let me go back to this. However, this means services could pay up to $8.4 in total principal interest payments. This week, 25,000 GSA-backed loans went into forbearance, while 42,000 FHA and VA uh, entered the forbearance. Um, a little more than 12,000 loans in the private market um, and about 6.9% of GSA, GSE, which is government-backed loans, are now in forbearance. Almost 7%, so that's FHA, VA, that's all your veterans, all your first-time homebuyers, or maybe your second-time homebuyers that didn't have big, big payment amounts. Maybe they, they went in for a, 
a, a down payment assistance program. That's all those buyers that now if they don't have their jobs, how do they afford their payments? Well, what they did is they rolled the payments to the back of the loan, right? So the, 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 the CFBP, which is like an organization that kind of looks over all this stuff, they actually uh, did a rule this, uh, that they just passed a rule that for servicers, um, if, they, if, they, if it's a COVID-19 loss mitigation option, the borrowers don't have to fully go on a, a full application process. They can just do a mini uh, uh, application process and then they can qualify for this and they can roll the loans on the back of their, 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 their payment. Let me read you one more thing that I have and that's, that's pretty good too. So for borrowers impact, impact, borrowers impacted directly or indirectly now, this is just passed by from the CARES Act by COVID-19, servicers must agree to delay principal and interest payments, must not charge borrowers any fees related to the forbearance so if I want to go, if I, if I want to in, indirectly or, or directly, so if I just say, hey, I, I can't make my payment, um, I, I need to roll four months to the back. I can get now four months where I have a roll to the back of my loan without having any type of, uh, of fees. They, they just have to roll it. Well, where does that money go? Yeah, you still pay it on the back end, but the servicers still got to pay those investors like I just talked about. So this creates a huge problem, you know? So I mean, it's, I'm glad they're doing this for people so we don't lose as many homes because if I think if we didn't do this, we, we'd have a, we, we'd have just a, a just a, a, I mean, a catastrophe on our, on our hands. But uh, this says, um, um, in order to help borrowers quicklier, servicers are not required to collect and complete loss mitigation application, right? So we talked about, so it's, I mean, it, it's just crazy what's, what's happening. Um, you know, missed payments um, can be added at the end of the loan, like I talked about. And, um, you know, but you got seven, almost 7% 7 um, of loans backed by the GSC and, and 12 and a half of FHA and Veterans Administration loans are in forbearance, which is huge. That's all our, our, our veterans, our first time homebuyers, things like that. And, and again, when we go back to job loss, Chad, what do you do when you got that many people in forbearance and now they're not they're not going to get their their cares act extra six hundred dollars a month and now they now they're getting their hours cut still because uh, you know my i got someone in my family they've been on uh let's see furloughed for the last three four months now they're finally going back to work and um what do they do when they get back to work and they cut their hours and what do you do? You don't have another job, so you got to stay there. But now you got less hours to work, and I think that's going to be a huge, huge thing. I mean, let me hear from you. What do you think about all this, man? Uh, I mean, you know, when we talk about this stuff, the reason, you know, here's here's the thing. Um, you know, we we look at history and things like that because history repeats itself, right? We look at data like this, not because we're not talking about this today. Because, like you said, it's doom and gloom or whatever. But sometimes right. you got to put the baby out there and call it what it is. Ugly, right? right? And so, um, you know, why don't you hear about this in the news? Or why don't, you know, the reality is, is because if they came out and really spat this, this stuff into the market, everything would just collapse, right? 
The only thing they really want to spit to you is false news, so that way they can sell more ads to you, and you, you know, and you'll watch the news, so they can make money on you. So, and there's no money in talking about making the money, the the economy collapse, right? Right. So you're not going to hear, you know, this stuff. But the reality is, numbers are just numbers, and um, you know, documentation beats conversation. And so when you when you put this stuff together, it's it's undeniable, right? It's just like. Uh, it, it, it's just the stuff you have to look at. Is it today? No, but real estate is always behind. So what's happening now here is not showing in the market, right? Exactly. And because and because we have a supply and demand issue. Now, if we had tons of houses like the last crash, right now, this would be a mess, right? But the issue was that wasn't the scenario. This scenario was, is we have a void, but the issue was is we don't have inventory. And so right. because we don't have inventory, traditional, again, supply and demand is, is if you got little of what everybody wants, it doesn't matter how good the economy or bad the economy is, right? The price goes up. Even, hey, well, you could have the worst depression ever. If you got the best drugs and little of it, guess what? You're going to get a damn good price for it. It doesn't matter how bad the economy is, right? Because people that have money, we'll still be able to buy. It's not like all the money disappears. And so that's what we're experiencing is little inventory, high prices. And so everybody's like, oh, you're full of it. It's still good. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, everybody on the, you know, next to Mount St. Helens thought it was all good too until it freaking blew its top, right? right? And I mean, and the telltale signs were there. They were like, dude, you got seismic, da 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 The data was there. Many people left and then other people didn't and died with it, right? And right. so that's just kind of this. It's like, look, the data's here. These people aren't, and the government's going to do all they can to kick this can down the road, right? Because if they allow, just like Nobody knows how bad the true foreclosures were at the last crash because if they had unloaded the whole thing onto the market, you, you would have saw something like never before. People thought it was bad. You have no idea how bad it was because they didn't release everything at once. They released it over the last, what, you know, it took them, what, eight years to get rid of all that inventory, right? Yeah, yeah you're right because we've had a lot of – there was a lot of shadow inventory. I have listed houses that yep. been – vacant for six, seven, eight years still. And so right. you're right. You're exactly right. Right. They held it on the books. Well, why would they do that? Because if they threw it into the market, everybody, you would have a black Sunday, right? Or a black, like the black market, like in the stocks, it would just fall apart overnight. And so all these programs are designed to let the bleeding go out slowly, right? So as much as they can. But the reality is, is no matter how much of this stuff goes on, you're not going to be able to repair these job losses. You're not going to be able to repair people's fear. You're not going to be able to repair a law that says six feet. And so it, it, these, these businesses that you talked about that have disappeared, um, you're going to see a completely re-engineered business in the future, right? You're going to see a business that will allow people to sit down, but they also do uh, Uber Eats or, or a form of Uber Eats. They're going to have these or they're going to have these businesses where there's literally nowhere to sit and all they do is deliver it to your house, just like pizza or whatever, but it's, it's fine dining at your own house. I mean, they're going to have to completely recreate themselves because the old model is, is worn out, right? The big overhead, again, and COVID caused this, and it was on the move anyway. The technology was going to eliminate this anyway eventually, but what COVID did is basically just cut 10 years out of the map. 
Absolutely. And, and that's what, we, you know, even in our model, you know, how we have, we've done that, right? We got rid of all the fat, all the overhead, and we're like Amazon, and we're able to, we cut all the fat, and then our agents are able to prosper because of that. Well, for a lot of places, they aren't able to do that. And so, yeah, these numbers, I mean, these numbers, they are what they are, but the reality is it's just what's going to happen, and you're going to see a shift. And, again, it's going to be a delayed fuse. And so the point of this is is preparation is a separation. Everybody thought Noah was an idiot until the rain hit, right? And then they were begging to get on the boat. Well, guess what? But, you know, once the boat's full, nobody's getting on. And that's kind of real estate. So, uh, you know, get in while you can, make the money while you can, because the numbers don't lie. And it's just a matter of time. And, it, and it's going to hit the fan. I totally agree. And so, you know, one thing out of this whole thing, when we're talking about numbers, you guys, I wouldn't be going out there and buying a bunch of stuff and blowing it like the world's back uh, 100% the way it was, because it'll never be the same. And I would try to save as much money as you can right now. So when you have when there when there becomes a time where there's opportunity, you're you're able to to press and pick up the opportunities when they come, right? So I mean, um, and then that way uh, yeah. you, you you know you're not worried about if your job gets cut or your hours get cut, but you really keep the and and try to even live on a, a slimmer budget. Because this could go on for six months. This could go on for three years. We have no idea. Just like we kind of when right. COVID hit, we had no idea this was going to happen. Everything was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, the world shut down. You have no idea what's going to happen to your job. You have no idea what's going to happen to the market. We can just guess, right? But if you, but if you live cautiously and you save cautiously and you do things cautiously, I always plan for the worst, prepare for the bad, or prepare for the worst, plan for the best, or whatever, right? That's kind of mm -hmm. how we, we run it. And then that way, if something great happens, you're ready. And if something bad happens, you're prepared, right? So you just got to be prepared. Well, and then also, you know, so we talk about, hey, these numbers are coming. This is also going to be one of the greatest opportunities ever for the average person to leapfrog and make more money ever they have in their, in their life. So whenever there's an offset, right, whenever there's something like every, anybody could get in this game right now with good real estate and make it, right? But as soon as this stuff hits and people get punched in the mouth, a lot of people are going to bail out. And if you do save your money, the biggest mistake I made is when this last crash happened, I didn't have the money to make, uh, to go all in. When I knew that it was blood in the water and it was time to get in and everybody was out and they were scared, I knew it was time to go in. I knew there was people making more money and more wealth ever in, in history than ever done before. And everybody else was scared and ran out of it. And so, you know, there's, there's opportunity here. Again, there'll be new opportunity for new businesses. Will things change? Yes. Will new businesses grow? Absolutely. Just like in the Great Depression. And the same thing, just like real estate. There's going to be a prime opportunity for those that really see it and get with the right brokerages and have experience like yourself, Luke, that did over 300 foreclose, you know, REOs one year when it crashed last time and was able to take advantage and build 
your company that you have now that came from those ashes. And so, you know, there's a flip side to this that yes, there's disruption coming, but within disruption, there is opportunity. Absolutely. And that's what I've always been really good at and staked a lot of my career is I don't like fishing in the same pond as everybody else. I love going other hot spots, and I love it when people are scared because it's when I've made the most money in my career is when most people are bleeding, I've done my best. And so, um, you know, that's, keep that in mind that, yes, you know, prepare. Why prepare? Because then you can partner with companies like ourselves that are prepared for this next, for this next move. Because like a lot of us, it's kind of scary, but a lot of us are licking our chops for this next downfall because we know that there's a lot of opportunity to be had. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a good point. And, 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 and each, you know, you all have it in you to be successful. So don't let fear overcome you by these stats and these things that we, we were talking about. But instead, just like Chad said, look at it as an opportunity. Maybe you've been doing something that you regret you've been doing, right? Maybe a job that you really haven't liked anyways. This could be a good opportunity to get into mm -hmm. something that you really could enjoy and prosper and, and really do well at, right? So not, not every negative is bad. Sometimes it takes a negative for you to earn that positive situation that you want to keep yourself in. So that makes a great point, Chad. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, guys, if you're, if you're, if you're kind of on the fence and you don't really know what's happening, uh, you, you know, just remember this is uh, for every, every downfall, there's a positive, just like Chad was saying, and, and just start thinking about that and think about how you can create a positive scenario for what to expect, right? Save your money, be ready for, for what's going to come, you know, don't live day to day or if you can, try not to be check by check, but start saving some of that and maybe cut some fat so then that way you're in a better position as things changes. You change. The society doesn't change you, but you just make the shifts so that way it makes you better. And so you don't have to necessarily shift when society changes or, or the economy changes and now you have to shift. No, shift before that. Change, cut the fat before that. So when those things come, you can still enjoy the life that you really want to live. Absolutely. Cool. Hey, Chad, thanks for joining me today. Everybody out there, thanks for uh, listening to us. If you like us, please a, uh, uh, give us a, a rating and a comment, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Yeah, and don't forget, hey, if you, uh, if you ever need to sharpen your skills and everything, uh, we have at learnthegreatway.com. You can learn the five days of success, the same uh, or five habits of success, the same five habits that we talked about just a minute ago that Luke used to, um, to sell over 300, 300 homes in one year. So you can check that out there. We really appreciate you guys' time. And like I said, leave us a, a, a review on iTunes if you truly liked us, and we'll talk to you later.